what are we doing here? <laughs> what is what's wrong I, with these two guys? <laughs> I gotta say the uh, the Bill Murray smashing the clock. It hits a little different on a morning like this. Oh, Mike. it does. It really um, does. Oh man. <laughs> oh man. I guess it's just more fitting, I suppose. Man. Um, <clears throat> We here on Content Content, first of all, good morning, happy Sunday. Uh, we here on Content Content call this episode the toughest episode of the year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely. I'm going to go if, with that. If, if, you're, if you're tuning in this morning, you, uh, dear friend, are a soldier as well. You are. Listen, if you're watching us today at 8 a.m., you are a special person and we love you. And uh, we're very, very, very grateful for you. Yes. Because it was extra hard today. <laughs> you are a fellow soldier in the war against time <laughs> yeah. that we're all waging at every moment. Yeah. For some reason, of every day. I, I can see us start to philosophizing about time today now. <laughs> just, so it would be just, just so appropriate. You just need more. <laughs> you know, I looked it up and the, apparently. Uh, something to do with world war one and them wanting more time to have war something <laughs> i'm, I'm messing up the story but uh <laughs> lifetime grunt. 25 yes <laughs> respect yes. <laughs> respect <laughs> uh and, and yeah, man, go figure so yeah so it's had something to do with war War sucks. Even Doesn't war, even war gave us the, the time change. I mean, what good does still, war do? What, it's never after a war. You know, nothing good. Nothing. Never. Zip a zip zip, and then it on seems top to push the problems further down the road. Yeah, just, and it ripples effect into the fact that we have to do our podcast an hour earlier for no reason. <laughs> yeah, we could just leave leave the time. Just leave it. That's the way it is now. Yeah, we can leave stay. it there. It's up to us. Right, they did it for the farmers too, something like that. I've heard train some, schedule. My favorite one. It's all bullshit, isn't it? I don't know if we can believe any of this crap. <laughs> You're right because my favorite one uh, was there was one I read yesterday from 1885. I don't know wh- what country this guy was in. I can't remember, but he wanted to like catch bees, so he wanted two extra. It was in Germany or something. He. He wanted to catch bees, so he wanted two extra hours of light. So he wanted two more. <laughs> two? What is yeah, he so he, yes, it was, I think that was just some silly stories, myth or something like that. I don't know. We'll have to ask Dr. Ivan. He knows what's myth and what's not. So That's right. Only he knows. We'll ask him. That's correct. That is correct, Do- my friend. Do- Ivan, you out there? Is that true or what? Well, I suppose he's got a show to do too, so he he ought to rise and shine. Oh my goodness! And this is my like usually I'll make a confession. I'm usually like past my my like I'm like at least halfway into a coffee. Mm-hmm. I'm just getting started here. <laughs> yeah, this uh, when I got up this morning and looked at the clock on the stove and it said five forty-five. I was like, "What? What's going on?" The stove stove was right. Well. Yeah, that, I think was right. the point. Yeah, <laughs> stove is always right. Stove the phone right. is lying to me constantly about all sorts of things. Yeah, uh, stove the stayed today. the course. 
stayed the course. Phone. Oh, if that was the case, I should have got back in bed. <laughs> yeah, you know, you know what would be funny? What if, what if we become just so misinformed and ignorant at some point mm-hmm. that there's no one knows? They're just like, why do all our clocks? Because everything will be automated. Sure. And they'll be like, why do all of our clocks change on this date? <laughs> that's when the it's machines a conspiracy. Take, take yeah, that, that's. <laughs> is it? You know, conspiracies, man. They can form off of anything. They can. I was, it's true. I was watching a movie the other day, and it was about um, it was about a woman who went missing at uh, the the Cecil Hotel in California. It's on Netflix, and let me tell you, that's a great film. It's like a three part thing, and it's great to watch, if only, um, for the fact that it's a perfect example of how. Um, conspiracies are formed Mm. and just how many answers you can have to something and Mm -hmm. be completely wrong that's sort of a spoiler and no one not one person was right not the detective. Is this like a true crime kind of detective it kind of is yeah it's true it's it's definitely true story it's a sad story but it's no one, and I mean, when I and and there were, there were they 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 call them sleuths. You ever heard of this? I've heard of the term. They're like they're, online they sleuths or something, where they like uh, investigate crimes at, in in like Facebook groups together to try and really? find the um the <laughs> yeah. Facebook militia. <laughs> yeah, they and they 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 latch on to like uh something. And they they just I don't know they team up and they try to solve a crime. So you had thousands of people in the Facebook group. You had basically most of the LAPD, and no one got it right Um, until until the end, where one piece of information came out, and then it then it made sense to people. And that makes me think of, um, this one was from a while ago, but do you ever watch The Staircase, um, which was one of those kind of true crime documentaries? I don't think I've seen that one. Basically, a lady uh, was murdered slash maybe fell down a, a, a steps in her house and was it was really bad. It was a similar thing where <clears throat> they're looking into it. There's all these different theories. And I, I saw a theory, you know, when it came out, there was a lot of hubbub about it. Um, but my favorite theory was that she was attacked by an owl, which they, people were like, did read, you know, she's like inside happen. of her house, but she was near the screen door See, that, and they like did research about it went in North Carolina where they lived at this time of year. These yeah. types of owls were See? commonly seen in this area and it she had could like, certain like cut marks that looked like talons. It could happen. <laughs> it's, it's as likely as anything else as it's, far as I'm concerned. It's, and, and that's the thing about con- conspiracies and which is why. It's hard for me to dismiss them because well, I've I read the argument. Yeah, maybe, but I just my problem is I just can't say definitely that's it. Well, yeah, I mean you should always have a healthy level of skepticism so with regard to that's the my problem. You choose to engage. That's in. why I can't be a true conspiracy guy because <laughs> I always I I finish reading about the conspiracy and I go, it's possible. Mm-hmm. And then that's it. I'm done. 
that's my big problem. That's probably a healthy attitude because if you start believing a lot of them, I think you 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 start to be in a very paranoid kind of state. And then I think you see them in everything. Yeah, I'm guilty of that. You start to just like Like, look and be like, "Is this? Is this?" When sometimes things just happen. Owls. It's true. (laughs) Sometimes some some stuff just happens. Um. Well, listen, Mike. uh, Given that uh, this is a bit of a sleepy episode, and again, thanks to everybody for tuning in this morning. Um, let let me kind of throw something a little fun at you. I'll take it. What I want to talk about at the top of the show here this morning is one of our favorite topics here on Content Content. I've had a series of thoughts about this this week. Mike, I'm getting out the whip, my friend. Okay. Oh, boy. It's out. It's out. I'm polishing it. Oh, man. It's been a rough <laughs> but, week. But, but, <laughs> well, that being said, actually, I had, a, I had a quite a good week. Um, okay. But, uh, but I did have some, some thoughts. This is com- all right. See, I, I don't know I where know. you're going it's now confusing. because a good week to you, if you're in whip mode, <laughs> is whipping yourself. That's right. So, but I'm is that but is that a good right week? Now. That's the question. <laughs> well, I guess I guess no. It's it still proves your point because I was not using the whip this week. I just uh, had some thoughts about the whip, I suppose. But was the owl using the whip? I think that's, so. That's what we need. That's, that's what we need to really know. Yeah. <laughs> and a giant, picturing a giant owl holding a giant whip, uh, that's a formidable beast. I, I, that's you're not, not something I'd like to run into a dark corner. FYI, when I'm like sleepy and, and goofy like this, you're not getting get anywhere with me. <laughs> I'm just, just saying. I'm just saying. Let's well, good. I want to talk a lot, uh, about a light thing, like using a giant whip on oneself. So to the content content faithful. They might know what we're talking about in the in the whip, but the the whip was something we we discussed a long long time ago on the show now, and I was bringing it, I brought it up in reference to um, the followers of Opus Dei, uh, which is a, a very um, let's say austere sect of Christianity um, prone, that prone you see, to whipping, prone to whipping. Okay, indeed, um, they believed in. Uh, I guess what they would call like mortification, <clears throat> which I think can be interpreted a, a number of different ways. But these are the people who, you know, they'll wear like a clamp on their leg that's constantly grabbing them. On, on purpose. On purpose. Mm-hmm. Um, they will also, yeah, as a sort of like prayer meditation kind of thing, they'll whip themselves. Mm-hmm. So, uh, obviously, obvious question why would any? Why would any? Why would anybody do that? <laughs> and so, from their perspective, they say, "I believe." And and of course, there are a number of other various religious delineations that do these mortification kind of things. The idea, I believe, is that uh, there is suffering in all aspects of life, and that life will inevitably prevent you with suffering. And the more, in fact, that which is this part is true, the more you coddle yourself and desperately trying to run away from the suffering of life, um, the more it can tend to get after you, the more it'll grow and become a bigger, bigger thing that really haunts you. So if we are proactive about this suffering and I'm wearing a thing on my leg that's constantly pinching me every moment of every day, I'm choosing to voluntarily sign up for suffering 
so that hopefully in the end sum of total suffering that I do have to ex uh, experience, I will have lessened some of my <laughs> sort of outer world suffering by doing a little privately on my own. Which again, and I retain this point, I can't prove that that's not true. <laughs> that's not something I'm going to do, um, <laughs> in the near future at least. Um, but I, I, can't, I can't necessarily uh, say that that's not true. Although, it seems like it hurts, let's be honest. Um, I'm so, going gonna to stay out of your way completely. <laughs> okay. Just keep going. <laughs> so... This is a correlative with another kind of thing that we've discussed on the show, which is the idea of the Buddha's two arrows. Um, of course, Buddha's first realization, all life involves suffering, being old, being young, getting what you want, not getting what you want. It's all There's all suffering in all of it. It's all the yin-yang. Um, the two arrows of Buddha, well, the first one is a life circumstance. Given that we're a tiny grain of sand in an enormous universe, we can control so little so often, when big life events happen, they have very little to do with your individual conduct and how you felt or did or decided yeah, to do just, about they certain just things. They just happen. Sometimes, you know, a global pandemic happens. <laughs> Next thing you know, it's one year later. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, you know, here we are. Yeah, and I'm, I'm just staying out of your way. <laughs> I want to and hear so, this completely through. That's the first arrow, right? And uh, that happens. We're not in control of that first arrow. But the second arrow, the Buddha would say, is the one that we stab in ourselves. And so this is uh, if we experience a difficulty in life, some sort of suffering, then we have the attachment to that suffering which is saying, well, I'll never go back there. I'll, I'll never trust those people. I would never, ever do that. Those people, they're awful. Every single one of them is awful. And this attachment to the suffering. So the instance is what the instance is. Mm -hmm. But then there's how you feel about it. And if you're going to choose to perpetually be upset by that, and this is easier said than done in, in so many cases, but if you're going to opt into that suffering, that's the second arrow you're sticking in yourself. So between that and the whip, we have a little bit of a picture of the types of suffering of life and things like that. So then we are in, which I mentioned this to you uh, a couple weeks ago, um, is that we are in Lent now. Um, the uh, okay, the Christian time of. Uh, so a sort of renunciation, dare I say? I'm not, mm -hmm. I'm not sure on the terminology. Um, but as everybody well knows, during Lent, you know, you have 40 days where you're supposed to give something up um, that would be meaningful to you, that would be an honest sacrifice. And so, um, you know, maybe, maybe. Um, not many uh, Americans or not a majority of Americans participates in Lent. Um, and even, you know, maybe it can seem kind of silly to be like, well, you know, what, I gotta, I gotta give things up for my, what, my Lord doesn't want me to have chocolate or something. What's the idea behind this? 
And this is um, circling around to, to Wednesday's show, something I talked about with Maxim. Thank you to Maxim Allen for coming on the show on Wednesday, by the way. Yeah, I caught some of that. It was it was a good show. Yeah, Maxim had some great things to say, actually. Um, good episode. And uh, one of the things we were talking about was, because I was you know doing a little intro to the show at the beginning where um, I just talked about how you know, in the modern American Western world that we live in now, we have, let's say, beginning in the 50s, 60s, certainly the 70s, this uh, a lot of renunciation of religion and then a very sort of like increasingly hedonistic, individualistic lifestyle that we have, I, I would like to believe, reached the, the logical conclusion of now where you can be, you can sit at home and be as hedonistic as you would like to. Um, you can blow out the lines. You can do whatever you want. And yet we found that there's something kind of empty to that as well. So I would like to believe on a, like a large cultural uh, aspect, we would kind of bounce back from that and um, reinvigorate our lives with a, a spiritual component mm. and a community-oriented uh, <clears throat> worldview, let's say. So... And then I'll even go, I'll throw another one into the air before I desperately try and weave all these things together. Uh, past couple weekends, um, I mean, I'll tell you this too, Mike. Past couple weekends, my girlfriend and I have been watching the services at St. Patrick's uh, up in Manhattan there. Mm. Um, just a Sunday service. Just check it out. And of course, a Cardinal Dolan uh, is giving the, the sermon or the homily. Um and so he is um, a controversial <laughs> figure. Uh, so it's one of those, it's what, that's like very. Aren't, aren't all those religious guys? <laughs> they are. They, they just can't really stay are. out of trouble. <laughs> and so the obvious hypocrisy of every sermon that man gives yeah. um, can't help but stare you in the face. Nonetheless, if you're able to uh, set that aside for at least a few a few moments, um, he does speak with a lot of gravitas. I will give him that. Cardinal Dolan has a big booming voice and, uh, he is a good speaker. Um, he's got some issues though. Point is last weekend, you know, we're in Lent. He's talking about this kind of a thing. And he was talking about the 10 commandments as basically being a kind of framework for life. And he was referencing, like, uh, he was probably telling some fake story about, uh, I don't mean to, uh, maybe it was true, but uh, he, about when he wanted to get his license when he was a kid, and he, he wanted to drive however he wanted to. You know, I want to go 100 miles an hour from flying down the highway. And his dad, his sensible dad, said, well, listen, you know, Tim, you got to, there are rules to the road, okay? You know, you got green lights and you got to pass on the right, all this kind of stuff. And so he wanted to do whatever he wanted to, but there is a framework of how to drive. And within that, you can go wherever you want to. So the example that I used to Maxim on Wednesday was a basketball. Uh, Michael Jordan is not the greatest basketball player ever because he invented a bunch of new rules in basketball and, and, and completely changed and did whatever he wanted to on the court. Within the framework of the rules of basketball, he was the absolute best at navigating within that. So, 
all those fires now burning, I think that there's something to be said, and something we may be missing now, is that framework of life. So, when we live this sort of non-spiritual, materially obsessed life, there isn't the, the only f framework that is inherent to an American individual who's middle class or whatever is your own is now nowadays your own like moral code, <laughs> which individual in terms of like to an individual can often be a rather fickle thing um, because of course we talked about it on the show before too cognitive dissonance. Unfortunately, it's very easy to convince yourself of anything, depending on where you're at and what you're into. And so I think we've all found that sometimes it's difficult to hold yourself accountable, even for the things you know you should do, even for things you really want to do. Sometimes it's difficult to hold yourself accountable in that way. And this may be one of the inherent benefits to being a part of a community. Is like, I honestly use you to help hold me accountable. And if I'm working on something, I tell you I'm doing it. Because then I'm like, when I'm sitting down and I'm feeling lazy, I'm like, yeah, but you know what, Mike knows I'm like, I told him I was going to do it. I got to do it. <laughs> you know? and I do that being, too. Right? And, and that's, that's I, like... I uh, force things to be real by doing that. I, I, me too. And isn't that a pretty tangible benefit to being a part of a community and, and having other people uh, intimately in your life and having some kind of outside pressure? And it's not, it's not like you're calling me up and yelling at me like, why didn't you do this? But it's an even a, a pressure that I can kind of create in myself, again, to help motivate myself. So when we are all individuals... And there is no common conception of a framework of, I don't want to say morality, because that's difficult to define, but some sort of framework of like commonly held uh, <laughs> beliefs about uh, what will honestly make the world a more positive place and what will honestly make the world a more negative place, at least in a great many cases. Um, when we have nothing to, to latch back onto, I think that adds to the feeling, oh my goodness, what am I doing? What, how, what, what is life even? I don't know what's going on. I, I just don't know who to talk to about any of this stuff. I feel like everything's so confusing. Nothing makes any sense. I'm just making mistake after mistake. And we're just sort of floating through space without anything to really ground us. So that being said, that then sort of reframes the idea of the Opus Dei person whipping themselves or the average Christian giving something up for Lent. I was talking to a friend of ours, Nebi, this week, who grew up like an Orthodox Christian, and uh, he grew up in Ethiopia. Yeah. And there are, like, multiple periods throughout the year 
where they fast uh, in diff some in sometimes different ways, but one of the main ones is like giving up uh, meat and dairy. So you know you uh, eat veggies, eat fish, whatever. And um, I mean, <laughs> this is like a, a very old school way of like having. A healthy diet <laughs> you know Americans eat way too much meat there's no way we need to eat uh, you know three meals a day with like uh, bacon and ever that's crazy um, but there's something to be said for bacon willingly yeah, sorry sorry <laughs> it's a tea. you triggered me <laughs> um, there's something to be said for and again, going back to the whip, all the way back, there might be something too, giving something up so that you can ward off further suffering in your life and have a little piece of suffering that you can control. So maybe even if it's something like you want to do one of the Ten Commandments, I mean, hopefully you don't want to kill somebody, but there are some lesser ones as you get down the list. <laughs> There might be something to um, knowing you're giving something up there and holding yourself to that standard. You are inviting a little bit of suffering in so that you can ultimately move to a better place. So what do you, what do you think about that, man? I I was waiting for the uh, the shoe to drop, <laughs> as because so. I know you love the whip, <laughs> so I, I so I was like I want to hear Derek out a hundred percent, because I want to see if he's justifying the whip. <laughs> I'm not because I know you <laughs> love that whip deep down inside, because I can relate so much yeah. to that whip. Mm-hmm. Um, gosh, that, <laughs> there's so much to talk about in what you said. Um, yeah, you, you really let me oh go there. Thank God. you. Um, no, I really, I really wanted to see, I, I had a feeling you had like eight Bunsen burners going in that chemistry <laughs> lab of yours, <laughs> you <did>. know, <laughs> and you were mixing it up and, and I really, I really, really was listening to every word and I, and I wanted to know where you were going. And and um, it is interesting. I mean, you got so many layers there. Like you said, you put, you started a bunch of fires, True. Um, but they all relate to each other. Uh, there's so much there. My goodness, you you think of so many things there. You have like this um, when you what, when you when you delay gratification in anything, it makes it better, regardless yeah. of what it is. So that's one layer. Um, you have the layer of, um, you know, I'd like to, t you know, even even mortification and, and things like that, even to think about that, too, because um, it's it's sort of like uh, it's a state of mind, you know, like to and it can be a dark um, road. So, yes. Excuse me. I just wanted to say that because within any any ideology, there's always a dark corner within it. And uh, um, I remember, you know, in my hardcore like Christian days, um, I I I got deep into that. You know, in the sixth century, even the artwork 
Um, there, there's a lot of gore. There's an overemphasis on Christ's suffering. Um, and if you think about the things that were happening at that time in the world too, you know, sixth, seventh. Um, so it all ties in, you know, this, this, it was, they were, they were very like gory paintings and, and everyone was into like hurting themselves to share in the suffering. And, um, so I think that everything you said, all those fires, I think within balance, they're, they're good. And that's why I just wanted to mention that because if you go too far down any of those things and you, you overthink them, um, it can get a little bit crazy. Um, so, but I agree with you. I think, you know, like if you do take something away, uh, on purpose and you have an agenda that see, cause one of the things that I noticed is like, I mean, Martin Luther comes to mind because, uh, one of the cool things about him, um, uh, you know, I used to, I did some light reading years ago at, at the, uh, stakeouts at work <laughs> and I would carry around, a um, Martin Luther's lecture on Romans, which is like this thick, a big fat red book I got from the library. Cause it's, it's Good for you, man. those things are so expensive. You can't even buy them. Um, really? yeah, I mean, for me at the time to buy a book like that, it was probably, I don't know. And it, anyway, so, and I learned a lot from him because he, he went down the hardcore path and you know how you say suffering is grace a lot. He went down this hardcore path where he, he, he denied himself. He hurt himself. He fasted. He, he just, just to, to, to like get forgiven. A lot of his was guilt driven from sin and you know, that he was wretched and, and, uh, which is like a number one component for classic Christianity 101, right? Uh, make you re- feel that like you need saving because you're just a piece of crap. So, and he, so he was suffering through that. And then he came across um, some texts in Romans and, and he made sense of them. And he said, you know, this, no matter what I do, no matter what I suffer, what I do, he kind of like realized, hey, you know what? No matter what I do, I'm not going to get anywhere with this stuff. And then he went more on a grace path where, you know, it's sort of like, it's interesting because even me and my path and other people that I, that are sort of leaving traditional Christianity, I mean, by the, by the groves, like just, there's so many people doing it. Um, a lot of it is through trying that heavy suffering and trying that, you know, to beat yourself up and to, to, to live up to something that's impossible to live up to. And um, I'm kind of moving around because it was there's so many topics within this. True. But um, I think it's important to to note that you really, as much if if you do it in a healthy way, like you know I'm going to take away something for this time, and why it's how you do it. I think that's important. If I'm mm. going to take something away, it's not to beat myself up. It's not to uh realize how how crappy i am and i'm just trying to like make myself good with god i think that's the the dysfunctional way of doing it where there really are no benefits because you're just gonna you're you're still gonna be if you felt like a piece of crap before you did it you're probably gonna feel like a bigger piece of crap because you're probably gonna mess up while you're doing it so 
<laughs> you're just really just it's dangerous asking man. yourself and you can get addicted to the whip and that's that's the joke me and you always have you can get addicted yeah. to it and that's the danger because you know one of the things that happened to me when i was addicted to the whip there was this preacher I've, i mentioned his name several times because he greatly affected me paul washer he's like a calvinist which is uh remember our friend who came on here um he uh David and uh he was talking he bought a book he's called The Naked Calvinist. Um yes. yeah, yeah. So so this guy Paul Washer's Calvinist and he really like if you want to feel like crap, you listen to one of his sermons. Like do you know, you know, like oh yeah, and and that's the, the the reason I'm mentioning him in this context is because there's a good feeling. Like if you're depressed and you feel terrible and you beat yourself up when someone can join in that with you, it's like this very, it's like an addictive thing. It's like, yes. Like when I would watch him, I was like, yes, that's who I'm, I'm crap. <laughs> yes, Paul. Yes, you hit it on the, and I, and I almost knew he felt like he was crap too. Like his, his self-esteem was, was just terrible, <laughs> just like mine. And then he's on this podium and he's like, and that is, and I, yes, that's that's it, that's it, yeah. And it, there's this good feeling about whipping yourself, and that's the danger in it. So back to the good way, is um, I would say the good. We got some question here too. Um, yeah. I would say the good way to do this is to do it with an agenda, being kind to yourself at the same time, and do it to get somewhere or something a closeness and understanding just something you're doing and while you're doing it you're meditating you're praying you're reading something so it's like an excuse to move into a more loving more grace-filled kinder so like i take this away and then when i see someone who um is suffering I may, let's just say maybe I've got it a little too good. There's, I mean, we're all in different places. There's, there's, there's many people who damn well aren't in a place where they need to be giving up anything because they don't have anything. True. And they, they have nothing to worry about with this. This is, this is, this is a privileged <laughs> conversation. So, uh, you know, like, like I give you an example and life, <clears throat> our life is, um, oh, we definitely got to get to these. I'm just going to say something. I definitely want to get to DJ Yannick's. We see your comments. We're definitely going to pull them up. Um, so what the heck was... Oh, so like for instance, yesterday, I'll, I'll tell you what happened yesterday. And um, yesterday uh, in my mom's building, there was a fire. Really? Oh, my goodness, man. Scared the crap out of me. Yeah. She calls me, you know, in a in a panic and for good reason. In the same apartment, you know how every, in buildings they have like A, B, C, D, you know, and they're all like the same on every floor. Mm. So in her same apartment, on the seventh floor, she's on the fourth, big fire broke out. She's oh. hearing the, she's got the the guy's ladders right in front of her window. She's hearing things breaking. She calls me. Yeah, she's okay, Yannex. Thank you for asking. And so she's here. Because I didn't want her to breathe the smoke from I mean, her. Her apartment is fine. She had a very little bit of water damage. Not even damage. Some water leaked down a wall because okay. she's so many layers down. Right, right. Um, 
But the point is that person, this is just to say like that was a way, a sort of a wake up, you know, when mm-hmm. things like that happen. And I think it's in the same direction because I heard about the peop- the person on the seventh floor. Apparently this woman had cancer. Uh, apparently she couldn't smell. She has a son who has a disability. Her son was in the kitchen. I guess he's old enough to cook. Mm. I don't know the age. I don't know them personally. Mm. And uh, so he he burnt something. With, it was like an oil fire. He was probably making himself something. Mm. And it just, you know, by the time she smelled, she didn't smell it She because she, she couldn't smell because she's probably from the chemo and stuff. My God. And now they lost their apartment. So it's like, and then it got me thinking about so many people and the reason i'm bringing that up you know like i have a friend uh, a close friend i grew up with who who lost his place in a fire once and 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 then other things happened to him and then i just got to thinking about how this and i've been thinking about this for some reason a lot lately how there's some so many people that have have these um like insurmountable things that just some people it just keeps hitting you know like i i've i've known people and it's like this happens and then this happens and i'm like what you know this happens and then and it's like my god how is this person getting through this and i want i wanted to bring that up because i think that's that provides the mechanism also that is the, the desired effect of taking something away from yourself i'm gonna I'm kind of going out on a limb here, but I do think I'm not saying one is better or worse because you take it away from yourself. You're doing something intentional and you're on a journey inward mm. and inward is always wonderful. So I'm I'm never going to say anything against inward because I think inward is everything because once you go deep inside, uh, you're going to see things clear outside. I'd mm. like to, I'd like to get to some of these comments. Derek, what do you think? Yeah, got- Yannick says a really interesting First off, I really like your sweater, Derek. Me too. Well, you know what? <laughs> you, don't you Yannick's, compliment me? I, I want to. No, I want to say oh, too. Stop. That is, that's a hell of a sweater. I should have Thank said you, that in you the beginning I, of the I, show. I, <laughs> I'm and I apologize for that. I do because I thought it, but yeah, I didn't did. say it because I was I was like really listening to what you were saying. But while you were saying that, I was kind of admiring. This was like damn, and and then I have like this is basically a PJ because I woke up late and 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 then this, he's got this really nice sweater man that's a hell of a sweater yeah maybe like an oatmeal would you say maybe yes i've had for years to be honest but i don't think i've ever worn it on the show um so thank you yannick that's a great way to introduce yourself to the content family (laughs) (laughs) you're on the right track man question is if we're so critical of ourselves and we are in so many ways and don't believe we are worthy no matter how much we try how can we guarantee that in the eyes of the lord we aren't a piece of crap. Mike, I feel like you are uniquely positioned to answer that question. What would you say to that? Uh, yeah, let's get, let's get this next one, too. Uh, I can't be kind to myself. I often beat myself up for getting out of bed at the wrong time. I did that this morning. <laughs> Boy, your, your sweater is on fire. Look, Issa oh, says, I love Issa. the color. You guys, stop. Oh. <laughs> Don't stop. <laughs> <laughs> so, so... So to to DJ Annex, listen. Uh, I'll tell you something. Um, this is something, and I don't I don't know if you're a Christian, but this is this is a very very common issue within Christianity, and it's beating the crap up out of yourself. 
Um, and you, you, there's a growth process that's wonderful. And I'm, and I'm lucky to, to be seeing so many people coming at the other end of that, you know, coming out of that. Um, you, we, we have to mature and, and, you know, you can, you start out in that sin consciousness and, uh, ironically the more sin conscious you are the more mature your your pastors are probably going to say you are of a believer when actually it's the opposite the more grace and love and and uh self-love and and love of others and you know love your neighbor the the, the base the basics when you're in those basics that's the mature christian um not the rule guy and this is good because this really ties into the conversation of rules and laws and and <clears throat> the true Christianity. Um, and if you can't comment, I'm just curious if, if you are a Christian. If not, it's fine. I mean, we, we're not there's zero dogma on the show. Um, but the, the thing about it is that overemphasis, it makes you sin conscious instead of Christ conscious. And Christ conscious to me, the the end of the spectrum that I'm on, is like a consciousness of love, of grace, of acceptance, of everyone's, you know, a universalist approach. Everyone's in heaven. Everyone is divine. Every, like, it, it to move, I would say, Yannick, if you're in that dark place, because I've been there and it, oh my God, it's just so dark. No matter what you do, it's not good enough. So a love of self is important. Therapy. I did therapy. Uh, I started to love myself. You know, I mean, I was in my 40s. Like, you know, I'm 46. So I probably started therapy at like 40-ish. Maybe, I don't know, 39, 40, something like that. And, uh, you know, because I had, I got into a very dark place of, you know, suicidal thoughts and things. And um, I would just recommend, you know, if you're in that place, therapy you got to learn to love yourself you've got to uh love when you start to love yourself you're going to love others and um beating yourself up that's see that's why there's a fine line there's a fine line between getting getting the whip out to beat yourself up and sort of enjoy that it's it's terrible it's get getting the whip out to kind of be like i i i need to kind of like you know uh be one with everything with with others suffering i'm i'm feeling like very selfish or something or i'm feeling like i'm not in tune with what's you know for these like intrinsic things not to get right with god because you know at at the end of the the day you know if you know like i'm, I'm working on a song um god i wish i could remember the words because the one i sent you Derek, the words are very particular to what he's talking about it's, uh yeah it, it's right, kind of like you sent me the other day yeah it's like saying yeah. basically the gist of it is you know they 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 say they love you and then they, you know god loves you unconditionally then then they want you to work for it they say you're saved for you know great great the gift of salvation is free and then they charge you 10 percent. is this kind of it's like a bait and switch and we have to stay with the uh the love god is love it says so there's scripture you have to stay in there, you know? Um, yeah. And, and, and it is. Oh, yeah, no, go ahead. 
we got a comment here from from Isa. Uh, you are worthy. We all are and have purpose. My son gave me purpose because I had none before he was born. Mm. And uh, and I would just like to add on briefly that I feel like the question of how do you guarantee you're a good person in the eyes of the Lord is something almost counterintuitively, I think, that comes, you'd think it'd be from the outside, from the Lord outside into you. But I think how that would actually manifest is within mm. yourself. Yes. And what, we, what we've discussed here now, Mike, is um, basically the, the spectrum of experience, wherein um, you, you have like complete hedonism and no rules at all. And then you have the like mortification, way too many rules, and <laughs> that's kind of, and so as we talk about on the show so many times, is like you need to find kind of this balance, and also too like you know saying oh yeah I should love myself is easy to say in a vacuum, yeah, but as we often say on the show as well, like we do that by one win today, and tomorrow worry about the next one, so at point one percent today, point two percent tomorrow. Yes. Um, it's never a big right angle. It's never like a big thing. It's little, little tiny things, and maybe then a, a big stone falls out of the way. And I do um, have a, a little hack for that. <laughs> which is the, what? My two hacks. I got two. Mm -hmm. Gratitude. Mm, that's a good opens one. Opens the door to all this. Mm -hmm. and, and then just being kind to yourself. Mm -hmm. I'm, I, missed, I missed the train. Okay, I missed the train. What am I going to do? Oh, I didn't do this to the way I wanted to, and people were disappointed with me. All right, well, that's, you know, I did my best, and you know, like, don't, don't turn that convers. The self-talk conversation is so huge and so important. It changed my life to go from you're a piece of sh, you can't do anything right, da 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 da, -da, -da. you messed it up again, you always to transform that to, well, all right, that didn't work out, but maybe we can try something else. I know, I I know you. You know, I know I did my best and I know it is that or this happened and that's why I couldn't do it. And and to just com convert from dark, um, judgmental talk f to yourself to just, yeah, you got this. You can do it. Hey, it might not be the best, but you're going to give it your your best um, effort. You know, that kind of just like be nice to yourself. The funny thing is, if you have bad, bad self-talk, one of, one of the things that took me out of it that helped me like turn the switch because i never thought i could was just to say to m one day i say to myself i've never spoken like that to a human to another human i've never <laughs> been that mean to anyone how come i'm that mean to me right and that that's was something you said to me one time oh, when i was asking God. about advice and it truly blew my mind and it, and it it is so true it's so that, true um, and it, you're willing to offer someone else a yeah. uh, a um uh, a compassion you it's, would not give yourself. It's, cra it's like it's like someone come. This is how crazy this is. Just to illustrate it, it's like someone comes over. You make them a nice dinner. Hey, you're you know uh, they tell you their their problems. They're like, nah, you're gonna get this. You're all right, man. Look how great you've done. Or they leave boosted up. Like, man, Der Derek's a great guy. Then as soon as the door closes, I freaking hate myself. I'm a jerk. You start whipping yourself. You start, and it's that crazy. And once I realized that. I was like, this makes no sense, and it kind of helped me. Um, we do have uh, some more stuff here, Derek. We got here. Yeah, next follows up. I'm 33 with three young boys, raised a Catholic, but far from practicing, as so many are. I'm literally trying to get from A to B, birth to death, by being the best I can be. Sometimes I struggle to see that. I see that for my efforts. 
I'm not only reaping, I'm not really reaping any rewards, if that makes sense. It makes perfect sense, man. Uh, not suicidal, but very self-critical, if that makes sense. It does. We live, oddly, in a very self-critical time. Like we were talking about last week, everyone's very self-conscious, um, which almost inherently leads to a sort of self-criticism. And what I would like to add to, Mike, what you're saying about like gratitude is a good method. Another fantastic method, I'm stealing this from Marianne Williamson, one of our biggest superpowers we have as humans is forgiveness. Mm. Forgiveness is the way in which we transmute negativity into positivity. We use the little bit of free will we have, and we say, I feel that negativity. I feel, I see it. I see it all day. Yeah. <laughs> But the buck stops here, friend. Uh, I can take this little bit of and turn it into something positive. And first and foremost, that forgiveness should come to yourself. Mm. Um, Because we do live in such a self-critical time, especially when we have our avatars of who we're supposed to projecting to be to the world in social media and things like that. Can I just Um, beat up Christianity a little bit more? If you want to, man. I have to. Just, just, just. I mean, listen, I'm a Christian, so if anyone has the right to be yeah, critical, you're, you're entitled me. to, yeah. So, um, it, I just want to say that, you know, that feeling of just not being good enough, that is embedded in Catholicism, in Christianity, and, you know, whatever you want to. This We have a, a billion flavors of, of Jesus out there. There's a lot of Jesus out yeah, there. Yeah. So, you know, it is not your fault, bro, Yannick. <laughs> you didn't you didn't make this system up. It's a system that thrives on you feeling the way you feel. And and that's just not Catholicism. That's like modern Western yeah. world thought. Yeah, that's modern Western and you can be secular and you for still sure. You can still feel that. Yeah. Yeah. So so that is that's just bad business, man. <laughs> it's bad business. It's it's good yeah. business for capitalism. It's good business for Jesus Christ Incorporated. Oh, yeah. It's good business for for people who want to control us little folks, which is like ninety nine percent of the world. Um, <laughs> we're, we're the little guy. We're all over the place. Mm-hmm. A bunch of little guys, and um, you got to. It's stinking thinking. It is not good for you. It's not going to help you. At the end of the day, you want to feel content, and that's what this whole show is about: content, content. You want to feel good. Uh, whether whether you win, you lose, you had the best day, the worst day, uh, not measuring your joy and your happiness with that. You don't need to rely on the things that they've told you to rely on to be happy. That comes from within. If you love yourself, you're kind to yourself. It's like a superpower, like Derek said. It really is. If you really love yourself, it's a, you, you, you're going to walk around kind of like with a cape on. You know, because mm-hmm. it changes you, man. It really does, bro. Uh, we got some more here. Uh, look-, look at your relationships, your career, spirituality, and wellness areas of your like and see what you would like to improve and make better. It's usually a bait and switch. Interesting, Isa. She okay. says, it's a process. It takes self-love and self-care. It's self-talk to sustain talk. Yeah, Ooh, to keep I going. Like that too. I like that. Looks like Yannex has got to run. Thanks for dropping by, man. We'll connect with you. Um, hope to talk to you soon. Hope everything's good and jolly old over there. Yeah, man. Thanks for visiting us from the UK. That's right. Yeah, Mike, I think that's, that is that uh, is very fascinating, man, because 
we really did, uh, I think, kind of uh, bring up the, the 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 full spectrum of because again, like um, when we do live in the materially obsessed Western world, um, we have to. Uh, it's almost like again because we don't have that framework, this commonly held yeah. conception, then we almost live in a more self-critical time as a result of that. Again, because we have, we largely are the only ones to hold ourselves accountable. Yeah. Which, like I said, is hard to do. So then we kind of default to being constantly self-critical because we're not doing X, Y, and Z. And again, this is made worse by the value system that says mm-hmm. you have to be hustling and grinding every moment of every day. And Otherwise, you're a youthless, <laughs> you're a worthless person. Um, and of course, like you're saying, that's where the power structures, they have you right in their sights at that mm-hmm. point. They got you right where they want you and they can sell you all the toothpaste and Audis that uh, you can handle. Um, <laughs> and uh, the bizarre um, but ultimately hopeful reality is that the things that would make an individual feel better actually in a in a sustaining way are in fact within yourself yes indeed isn't that isn't that, isn't you don't that have a to go kicker. out and buy anything that's such a in kicker, order to man. get that is to like, <laughs> it's all you know and it's funny the the most the most powerful lesson i've learned on on my spiritual journey is what you just said that's yeah, the most powerful lesson that it a, it's always been there. That's a kicker. Always. It's like everything yeah, no. you've always needed. <laughs> You're telling me this whole time. <laughs> it's been there. And that's why I always say the road to life is internal. The The road doesn't go outside somewhere. It goes in. That spiritual, mm-hmm. it's, it's, oh, it's counterintuitive. And, and, and yeah. only experience and, and trying to um, work on yourself, you know. And it's interesting, too. I did, I did learn something this week about someone i it's 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 interesting because the habit of having other people do work for you and being let's just say what it is lazy (laughs) um yeah is is actually if you have that habit you will also do it emotionally blew me away i learned that this this week because someone who does that was trying to do that on an emotional level because they don't like to, whenever things get too difficult, so they actually were trying to attach themselves to someone else so that someone else could do the emotional work that they need to do for them. And it blew my mind, (laughs) that realization. And it's just to show you that you know these habits, and and wh- this is why theology is important. This is why worldviews are important, because if you, the way you see the world, and, and the way first the way you see yourself is the way you're going to see the world. So if you don't think you're good enough, guess what? No one else is good enough. Mm-hmm. You know, th- th- those are those people who they they can never quite um, connect with people. You know, because. They don't think they're good enough, so no one else is good enough either, you know. And 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 when someone messes up, they treat them very harshly sometimes because they treat themselves harshly, you know. There's there's all types, so I I'm not gonna say everyone's like that. I mean, because me, while I beat myself up, I think I was pretty 
okay with a lot of people and, and nice. So <laughs> I'm just a very, very strange person. Um, <laughs> but, but anyway, you know, there's, there's so much to this stuff. It's you, mm. you, you, you set like a table, you, you set up a buffet, Derek. I did. So I there was, there was much. so much to eat there and it was like, there wasn't, yeah. I had to take a little bit of this, a little bit of that, a little bit and a little bit. And I was yeah. like, okay, okay. Mm-hmm. You've been thinking a hell of a lot because you've been doing that lately. You've been yeah. you've been putting some buffets, man. <laughs> you didn't know you don't you just like okay, I cooked all this. Right. Check it out. What do you say? <laughs> yeah, it's really unfair of me to go on a fifteen minute diatribe and then just no. Ask it's you. so. What do you think about that? <laughs> I love it. I love it because it it kind of it makes well. I love to eat, so. It, it's hand in hand and I'm spiritually to set the table here on Sunday morning. Yeah, it, the, the more the merrier. I'm fine with it, but I think it's it's interesting because it all connects. It does. Yeah, it's it true. blends. It's not like it's not like you're putting things that don't go. Like they all do. They all connect, and 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 it's all it's very systemic. You know, a lot of this is systemic. It's you know what I like to call the mammon system. You know, mm. uh, it's it's in religion. It's in, it's in it's in educational community, wherever you want to go, wherever there's power, wherever there's money, that mammon system wants you to whip yourself, kill yourself to, to get a piece of paper, to get, you name it, whatever. And, and, and nothing wrong with the piece of paper, nothing wrong with the award, but the reality is those things are so momentary, like, like the movie, the pursuit of happiness at the end of the movie, you know, his whole theory, which I d- completely disagree with because it goes against the show's concept, is that happiness is a, f- a fleeting moment. So this guy's killed himself. He's he's hard. He's sacrificed. He's gone against everything. He he makes it happen. And then he did it all for this fleeting moment. He said, that's happiness. And it was like five, four, three, two, one, <laughs> done, sat again. And it's like, no, that's that really seems not like a lot of work for not a lot of payoff. And that's what it but that is he he found systemic happiness in that in, in that film. Yeah, right, right. That's a he, very yeah. it's 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 like here, you know, in Spanish we say matate. It's like kill yourself. It's like matate, you know, for, for, for twenty years. Here mm-hmm. here, we'll give this to you. It's gonna last uh, maybe well it's been twenty years, we'll give you a minute. It's like really it's a bad deal, man. It's a bad deal. <laughs> when if you if you reprogram, you know, mind look, listen, anybody watching, if you think anything I'm saying is makes any type of sense, look into mindfulness. Scientifically proven. We can reprogram our minds. We can fire up neurons and make different things connect. We can learn to love ourselves. We can change our thinking. Our mind is incredibly powerful. It is yes, we can we can be brainwashed. We can you know uh stop thinking for ourselves yes but that's proof that we can if our mind is that pliable if our mind is that programmable and changeable why can't you listener program your own mind you know that's what i've been in in the game of you know for the last i don't know whatever say three years maybe intentionally reprogramming myself because hey how listen if i could be in a cult and 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 they could completely make me throw away everything I thought and any sense I thought I had. Then, if they could do it, 
why can't I do it for myself in a good way? <laughs> so good I'll way. program myself. <laughs> hey, you're not so bad. Hey, I love myself. Mm-hmm. Hey, I can be happy. Mm-hmm. Hey, I don't need that to be happy. You can just tell yourself these things. Like, it's, yeah. your mind is so ready to just do whatever the hell anyone tells it to. <laughs> it's just so ready. That's how we work. It's so, ready for it, man. So just tell it things like that. <laughs> just tell it nicely. Tell it, you know, oh, yeah, you know, this is going to make you happy. Mm-hmm. It will. Like, if and you really will. tell yourself, this is going to make me happy, and it's not some long-winded after 10 years, when I get here, you know, that destination addictiveness, yes. then I'll be happy. Mm-hmm. No, no. If you just say, tomorrow morning when I wake up, I'm going to be happy because I love the bagels by, by my job. <laughs> I, I'm going to be happy because I have a great friend at work that I want to see how his son is doing. Mm. I'm going to be happy because, and you just keep running it down. These mm-hmm. little things, you know, are the big things. We've heard that a million times, but it's really true. You know what? Cliches are only cliches because people don't apply them. <laughs> well It's said, a cliche. Man. It's a cliche. It's like, yeah. oh, that's a cliche. Well, did you ever try it? No, because it's a cliche. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. Sounds, sounds. It's, it's, go for it. Think about that, you know, and they really are. They're true. Cliches and- are mostly true. Yeah, mm-hmm. and we, yeah, we would do well to uh, heed their advice. Um, and yeah, just to tag on that, um, you know, of course, we always say it's a process. So if you can do a little bit today, that's better than yesterday. Um, so you know, not beating yourself up is probably one of the the you know, foremost things you can do. And then I like what Issa says here: resistance is an obstacle. Are you ready? She's got and, me thinking uh, stoic. <laughs> I, I the really like that. The obstacle is that's the way. Good, that's a good little yeah. The that's stoicism one hundred and one right there. Somewhere Marcus Aurelius is smiling. Um, <laughs> how's that for a little motivation on Sunday yeah. morning, Mike? Yeah. Are you ready? This reminds me, of course, of one of the great Thomas Campbell, uh, Joseph Campbell. Excuse me, uh, mixing up Thomas Merton and Joseph Campbell. Uh, great guys, dear friends of mine. Well, one of them is you in a past life, so <laughs> definitely a great guy. I don't mean to tune my own spiritual horn, <laughs> <laughs> my own reincarnational horn. I swear, when you um, first told me about Merton, I was like, are you talking about yourself in another life? <laughs> like, if you, if you were killing me that day. I, I could was be like, him. I should really start chanting, get the Ouija listen, board out and, and really get an answer. You could you know? be, man. We can ask PK, man. She's coming on soon. <laughs> That's right. That's going to be fantastic. Um, but yes, uh, you know, the cave... Uh, that you are afraid of going in is where the treasure you seek lies. Uh, do oh, you ha- will so you say true. a hearty yes to your adventure? Um, and I should hope the answer is yes. <laughs> and uh, Issa says, are you ready? Are you um, ready? Today's the day. You're never more than one step yeah. away from the path. The next message is always right where you are. Um and don't beat yourself up so much, you know. Amen to that. I think that's a that's a good time to start uh, playing our goodbye music. Well, I think we did some good work here today. Thank you again to everybody for jumping in the comments. Thank you again in general for tuning in, given that it's actually only eight o'clock right now. 
Oh, yeah. Um, again, oh, Mike and I will be working and lobbying Congress uh, very hard in the next 12 months to be able to get rid of this daylight savings thing because uh, apparently it was some guy who wanted to grow. What was he doing? <laughs> and then the war. I World think war he wanted one, some guy who wanted to catch farmers. bees. He wanted to catch bees? Yeah. I had to so get up an hour early because some asshole wanted to catch bees. I think, yeah. 1885, <laughs> guy wanted to catch bees. And then again in, 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 in Germany. This is all according to the internet, so of course, right? Well, it has to be true then. It has to be, right? That's, that's how that works. <laughs> uh, as always, you can always catch up with all things content content at that link right there. We can watch any uh, uh, episode you want on YouTube. Uh, check us out on Twitch, podcasts, uh, Apple and Spotify, Facebook, all sorts of groups to join there. Um, again, thank you to Maxim Allen for coming on the Wednesday show. This Wednesday, we will have Kyle Butler. He's going right. to be there, folks. All we were doing was building tension two weeks ago because this week is going to be yeah. fantastic. Kyle is going to be great. He's got it. What a great message he has. A yeah, message. I'm excited to, uh, to talk to him. Um, I'll be doing readings on Tuesday night, of course. Also, you can check in there. Come and say hello. What you reading? Um, you know what I got to do, man, is I have to go back and do the first chapter of Alan Watts. Uh, the yeah, book. like any good uh, song. You, you do you do all the scratch you, vocals, you and then you got to go back and do the lead. <laughs> exactly. <Yep. laughs> Precisely. And you know, then, we got to uh, talk about that one day, Derek. What's that? About how music relates so much to what we do, and I think that's why we're able to do it. You know, I'm going to make a note of that, man. Because we got to do that. I think that would be a good idea. Yeah, because the conversations, revelation through conversation, knowing what direction to go, being able to just jam a little bit. I mean, it's mm. very music uh, driven. I know, and I feel like we could have a lot to say about the benefits of being a musician, and I'd recommend it to anybody. Yep, I would too. All right, so uh, till next time, folks. We're out of here.